Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Off to the races. What is up, that Dan Band Show? Listeners, watchers, smellers, feelers, however you interact with the podcast. This is Dan. I am your host. I am your jester of sorts, <laughs> a sacrificial lamb at times. And uh, it's been a while trying to get our bearings here. Uh, it's the end of October. It's the 21st today. And it has just been a crazy month. Uh, coming out of DCI and for people who do what we do we go straight into indoor a lot of us have been doing indoor design for a few months here but we are now back in person with our auditions getting into the actual season so there's not really a rest period and obviously for those of you who engage in the fall band season we are deep into that actually probably rounding third here which is great um so it is just a busy time phillies are are in the playoffs the 76ers are starting the eagles are undefeated so philly sports are going well apparently today is the equinox of sports because we have the nhl the nfl basketball and baseball so that's pretty dope um i'm not a sports guy though that all being said i felt it was time to have a very very special guest a guest who is a personal don't even want to say friend because that just doesn't even cover it he's so many things to me he's a muse he is an idea sparker um he is an energizer so many things this person is an alumni of the cadets drum and bugle corps he marched in 2010 and 2011 competed against me both years actually from there he served as the front ensemble caption head for the cadets 2 dca drum corps from 12 through 2015 and then took over the front ensemble design and sound design from 2016 to 2018 he was also on staff with the cadets from 2014 to 2017 and throughout, served as the front manager, arranger, and sound designer for Cadets Winter Percussion from 2014 to 2016, including our open class gold medal and record-setting score at finals. After uh, C2, he went on to serve as the Bushwhackers front ensemble arranger and sound designer from 2016 through 2021, and is currently the front ensemble arranger and sound designer for the Reading Buccaneers. Uh, who won the DCA title in 2022. That was his first year there. 
He works with a couple different high schools, including Norwalk High School, which is a PSO group. Shout out. That is my alumni high school. He also was the sound designer for United Percussion, who is not a high school. They're independent world group from 2017 to 2018. Currently, he is the front ensemble arranger, manager, and sound designer for the George Mason University indoor drumline. And most recently, and most excitingly, he is now the front ensemble arranger and sound designer for the Cadets Drum and Bugle Corps in 2023. Everyone help me welcome Andrew Montero. Monty in the flesh. What's up? How we doing? Doing good. <laughs> What's it like to listen to that long ass list of different groups that you worked with? Can you believe it? Um, it's longer than I thought, to be honest. <laughs> it's quite long. I forgot to mention that you were the sound designer at Crown for from 2019 to 2022, but we all know that as well. Um, some breakthrough sound design years there. So looking back at this, like, how did this all happen? Because I know you as a creative designer, but it had to start somewhere. So did you always want to write music like this did you envision yourself doing this like how did you kind of get your feet wet becoming this high level designer that you've now found yourself to be um you know I think I would say you know I didn't I, I knew I always had like a, a love for music and for writing and, and, and stuff like that sure. um but I didn't necessarily you know go to school or in college I didn't study necessarily music yeah um uh you know I don't have a degree or anything like that but well, what is your degree in my degree is in economics at NYU <laughs> um you mean like how I started writing performance songs well yeah it's like uh, not only that but like when you were marching did you feel like I want to be a designer one day or like how how does that start because people march and then they like leave the activity and they never do anything so it's like was that like an organic thing like just how did you get to that point where it was like oh i'm like writing for these groups like c2 things like that cwp well i would say that it started with um rich uh rich hammond yeah started with rich hammond he uh gave me a call like a year after i'd aged out from the cadets yeah. and said hey do you want to you know teach you know, this new brand new drum corps, the cadets too. Yeah. And I was like, obviously I was, you know, coming off of tour, yeah. you know, and I was still trying to figure out like what I wanted to do, but this was like a good opportunity to kind of, to dive into. And I think that kind of kicked off like a series of events. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, you know, thank you, Rich Hammond, I guess. Shout out, shout out Rich, friend of the show. And, um, and then from there, like, like probably like, I think it was a year or two after they decided to start Cadets Winter Percussion. Yes. And yeah. they needed an arranger for that. And at the time I had only done like some, I had never written for indoor. didn't do any indoor when I marched. Yeah. And exactly. And then I, so then Rich Ham was like, okay, why don't you just come and do this? He'll teach you, right? Whatever. And then I think that's when I met you. It was. That's when this started. But it's funny because um, for people who don't know, I was asked by Dave Dumont, who was a percussion caption head going into C2 in 2012. He initially asked me after Jesse Wang, uh, Wong Wang, I, I don't know how to pronounce the last name, I apologize, H-U-A-N-G. Um, he was a cadet alum. He was going to teach the snare line there. 
he had to bail. He got a job. And then they asked me, and I don't remember why, but I was like, I'm not trying to teach right now. I think it was my age out here, it was summer of 2012. So then I hit up Travis and I was like, there's this gig. He didn't even know Dave. So I was like asked to do it. And I was like, I'm good for my age out here. I'm just going to chill. So there's this weird, like, um, just series of events that was like this person, this person. And then all of a sudden, like you were just saying, we like end up at CWP, which is like your first, is that the first like writing gig you wrote there before C2, if I remember? Uh, CWP was like, you know, the first indoor group that I've ever written. Sure. Um, so that was kind of like a really harrowing experience, I would say. <laughs> I mean, I didn't yeah, know, it was. you know, I didn't know what to expect. I was like, like I said, I didn't, never did indoor. There was so much I didn't know. And there's so much that, um, you know, that I was just kind of just taking risks and just throwing against the wall. No, and just no. like, what's gonna, you know, I did rely a lot on, you know, Rich Hammond to kind of like guide the way that we communicate and interact yeah. and how we design the show and um and just kind of constantly learning from him and obviously like I was also working with him at C2 so there was a lot of just constant communication about the direction we wanted to bring the CWP and C2 um and uh so that's kind of where it took off and then mm -hmm. you know after we won the gold then we went to world class and I had you know again like for a couple I, I when i was writing a world-class book i had only ever written one open class book yeah. ever yes uh, so you know i didn't you know and i was a fan of, of wgi you know i was constantly watching you know videos stuff like that um and i was just winging it if i had to be totally honest. totally and i i remember you being well versed in kind of WGI thing like even though you get March like that doesn't necessarily you know matter there's a lot of great people who write for these top groups that ha did it March I don't I don't think there's a correlation but what I wanted to ask was about kind of the the tools aspect and sort of your ability to teach yourself things because I think part of what you've been able to do is okay I'm going to become a front ensemble arranger I need to like understand Sibelius to the level that I need to, to do it. And then it becomes a uh, main stage, right. And being a sound designer and then it becomes final cut pro you're a video editor, which we can talk about later, but it's like, have you always been able to kind of like be autodidactic, teach yourself these tools, or is that something that you sort of like figured out? Like what, what is that about? Because I think that's something that sort of sets you apart is like, you're not formally trained in these things, but you have this like really broad skill across all these like technological platforms that you kind of need to do this, right? Like mm -hmm. main stage, for example. So just talk about like, how did you get to that point? You're like, yeah, main stage, Sibelius, Logic, Final Cut Pro, whatever, you know? I mean, I think you'll find that a lot of front ensemble people get pointed in direction where, you know, okay, you're going to be, you're hired to, to tech the front ensemble. And then now, hey, why aren't the speakers working? And band directors across the country point to the, the front ensemble tech is, hey, check out that speaker. What's right. going on over there? And um, so I think a lot of people can relate to, uh, especially front ensemble people, sure. uh, can relate to the fact of like just being pushed into those uh, <laughs> into those spots just out of yeah. necessity. Totally. Um, and I think that's how like my journey into like sound design started because I think it was like the second third year of CWP um we had hired somebody for sound but 
it wasn't necessarily the things that we were looking for. And it was like, well, who's going to do this? And that's when I started just dabbling and just like, you know, YouTube university. I'm like, Hey, what kind yeah. of, how do you do this? Like, you know, what's logic? Let me figure out what logic does. And, um, you know, I guess there is like a jack of all trades kind of element to myself that Definitely. I, um, I don't really always kind of recognize, but, you know, just hearing you spell it out kind of makes sense. You know, my grandfather, he was, he was somebody who, um, when he was growing up in Portugal, he, he never had like a single job. Mm -hmm. Like he was like a photographer and then he studied science and then he ran a supermarket. And then, and like when he came to, to America, like he was always just choosing different things. And like my grandmother would kind of get frustrated because she's always working in the supermarket. And then he would just be going off on a tangent like, Oh, this week he wants to, you know, study this. And then now he's, you know, studying that and doing this. And um, I guess there's a little bit of that in me for my grandfather just kind of like what's needed I need to figure out how to do it and <laughs> that's it I mean it just comes from necessity you know you're crafty I am crafty. you're a crafty guy and we're digging into psychological levels we didn't know we were going to go into for listeners who don't know so 2021 was the virtual year for WGI. So we wanted to do a video for GMU, but we we couldn't necessarily get someone in-house at Mason. Um, you know, we have a media team at GMU and they're really fantastic. Josh Cruz, shout out, um, Tina, tell up. We have like a bunch of really great people who do what they do, but we're trying to edit video to the level that, an artistic director would with a music video where there's like cueing and there's like all this alignment stuff between the music and the visual aspects. So we were like, okay, like what are we going to do? Well, Monty ends up just buy, I think you bought or you bought final cut pro uh, air quotes and he ends up editing the entire video. So if you go and you search close to the sun, not only is all the music, well, not all of it. Cause obviously like we had, Matt Penland and Dakota and, and Sam Fleming, but, um, you know, most of the music and the video is essentially written by you. Um, and obviously we had to sit down and we made that map, the shot map yes, with the lights. Mm -hmm. So we had to learn about like shot types when you're talking about, um, you know, foreground, background, mid shot. I don't remember them. I thought yes. it's gone, but we had to like learn that we had to like create this map. Like we always use a show map for, for indoor but we have to like translate that into a video we decided to use lights so that was cool with those the bluetooth lights mm -hmm. and it was just like you just like did it i don't know it was just like you ended up just doing it so it's like i don't know were you stressed out about that it seemed like it went pretty well yeah i mean <laughs> well i think it started where it was just like we were trying to figure out like how we were going to get this done just because there was a lot of other logistics that needed to happen and i just kind of saw the, the tr I have a trial for you know Final Cut Pro I think it was like one night where I kind of just put like the pictures that we had taken because we had taken pictures in this room yeah of different angles oh, I took some like stupid that. pictures yeah. for that if I remember yeah uh just like planning what kind of shots we wanted mm. so I took those pictures and then I just strung them together in in Final Cut really quick just kind of like okay this is just kind of like a you know a storyboarding kind yeah. of what would happen without the videos yet um, and I think I did like half of the, the song in like three hours, just at like midnight to like 3 a.m. I sent it. She was like, hey, I just did this really quickly. And it was like, okay, 
you're doing you're gonna this. do it now <laughs> so i mean that's, you're doing yeah. this but like i don't know sometimes just was just like okay well just do it i'm just i was actually curious about it like i, I thought it would be fun you know yeah. what i mean and it was fun um but it was a lot of videos yeah well we had to we had every member record themselves at multiple angles mm -hmm. for each letter of music and then you you had to cut the audio together and like balance all the audio tracks and kind of do the movie magic with that but i think it's just amazing because it's like how do people like do learn how to do what they do and it's like you literally just like started using final cut and i think that is a really great lesson for because i get people who like dm me sometimes they're like how do you like design an indoor show like how do you how do you like come up with an idea for indoor shows like I have no idea. It's like, we just, and I think it's interesting because, you know, me and Travis specifically um, amongst many others that I could name, but like the three of us sort of got our start. Um, of course, you guys at C2 um, kind of fomenting and then CWP was sort of like, we went from open class, brand new, didn't know it was going to happen. We were undefeated. We set the highest record in open class up to that year. And then we went out in 2015 we got sixth overall we got fifth in music right mm -hmm. and it's like i guess you know to jump to today and comparing it to them it's like what how do you look at what we're doing now differently than you did when we were sort of had blinders on because i feel like back then we were just like just surviving mm -hmm. so what's changed now that you're sort of in a, in a different place by no means at the end or even close not even the middle right we're like how many years ago was that it's been like nine years or something like that yeah this is no this is their 10th year actually me and travis is 10th year in a row so this is my 7th year uh with us and it's 10 years since actually right, right 2020 uh 2014 to 2023 it's been 10 years right so the 10 year anniversary podcast we're doing right now um so how are you looking at this differently now that we're like we're so much further into it mm -hmm. and we're in a different place and we're like having conversations with different people in terms of like where we're at how how is that difference like feel to you as like a designer um well the number one thing is experience you know what i mean like i every single year that i've done this i've always taken away from okay, this stupid idea didn't work or, <laughs> you know, or like this, okay, this was a realization of like a concept that worked really well. And I want to bring that back. Um, you know, I, again, like it just kind of goes back to just my style of, of learning. I learned from experiences. I learned from other people, like, you know, having been designer now for even like, you know, through crown and now the cadets like yeah working with you know literally the best in the activity has allowed me to kind of uh shape what i do in probably a more manageable way compared to how you and i would design you know cwp you know what i mean so yeah um i think the process is more formulated it's not as chaotic though it's sometimes fun to kind of be like in the moment where it's like hey what if we did this what if we did that what if we did that i mean that's always a part of it right because that's that's where the fun ideas come from yes but i just um but for me working with all the people that i have has been a huge part of what makes me what i am today i guess yes, you know totally the stuff that i've i've learned from 
you know, Jim Ancona and Ian Moyer and Clash, Clash and Tom Hannum. And, yeah. you know, they have really molded my current, you know, outlook on what, you know, DCI is and what WGI is and front ensemble and sound design. And, you know, I always want to, I, I thrive when there's a collaboration, you know, and I want, um, I want to make sure that what we're doing is fresh and exciting and it's, it's exciting for a listener. It's exciting to play for the performer. And I've crafted what that is based on the experiences that we have, the people I've worked with. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so different. Like every single year, I feel like we, we've had such an interesting sort of trajectory and it's, it's not linear at all. Like I feel like people sort of when they're on the outside of like, you're a designer, you're a higher mind or whatever. It's like, it's not like this thing where we're just like better, better, or the more the same. Like when I look at what we've done, especially since 19, we've been like fringe rap, hip hop, mm-hmm. Western cowboy genre. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we did close to the sun, which was like heavily music inspired. And then we brought that and did nothing lost, which was like, we're going to make this like an amazing piece of music. And then all the visual judges were like, what is this about? And now we're going like, more in the theatrical direction with this year, um, more, I'd say more in the 2020 vein. Um, and maybe like a little bit of like a mashup of all of what, what we just said, when you think about it, it's mm-hmm. like, we're like trying to capture like the peaks of all this like craziness mm-hmm. because we have had these crazy directions of like, we're doing Steve Reich and Beethoven back to back or whatever. And it's like that risk taking aspect and how that can be surprising. Um, but I think too, to your point is like, you know, you look at a group like Crown or like groups that have won, right? When I look at Pulse or something like that, you're like, I could never do what they're doing. But it's like, the reality is like a lot of these groups, it's just that their experience allows them more like foresight. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So Crown, like I would say like their design process is way less process oriented, way less like organizationally oriented. But these are people who have been like literally designing and writing for like decades. Tom mm-hmm. Hannum has been in six decades of drum corps. So he's not sitting there like, oh, I need to like map this out in a spreadsheet and blah, blah. It's like not a style. Now that's what we do. And I think that is good for collaboration, but it's just like, you don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. And I feel like for us, we always go through this process where we're like, wow, like look at all the mistakes we made. Okay, let's like try to do, like try not to do that again. And mm-hmm. then like, sometimes you like, you like over adjust, yeah. right? So now it's like, okay, 2023, like what ways are, like I'm, I'm trying to get like a, a year in advance or I'm like not trying to make these like over adjustments so that like it works. And I, I do think like, that's not to like shit on what we're doing at all, but it's always so funny because we like get to the end, we're like, should have done this, like up yeah. lettery, like should have, it's too long. Like, right. Like I could literally go through every year and be like, oh, letter J in 2019. Oh man, like, yeah 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 like ah, i didn't like that part and we just like but sometimes it was like we got stuck and we ran out of time so it's like it's just it's just interesting so um <laughs> just like we go let's just go down every year and just talk about the parts i'm like didn't like that's not gonna be no, no, too many no but you know what like those are great moments like i remember in 2016 we like did that vibe quad thing which by the way absolutely blew up in semifinals if you remember like someone went down someone it was like channels of vibes we turned them so that they were vertical and then the quads came and they're like whatever someone went through the wrong channel 
So it was really? like it was I like it was like quad space two quads quad. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. in the drill. Oh my god, it was terrible. But that was just like I feel like what what we took away from that was like we didn't communicate that part. And I remember Rich coming in. He's like, because I was like consulting. He was like, you have to come in and just like shit something out and like it has to be good because you're leaving i was like i did not like this at all i'm glad we're not doing that so anyway here we are it's 2022 right now it's about to be 2023 we're going on i mean this is your 10th year designing so it's like what's your favorite thing about wgi let's first talk about indoor because i feel Mm -hmm. like you have a very specific voice and a very specific personality indoor but not everyone knows like where it comes from like they're like oh dan and travis because like we're out there like i'm always out there doing this or like in the lot like clicking six and you've always been like that dude that's like cooking everything so it's like when you look at indoor like what do you like about it like what is inspiring you as we go into like our best year ever like this is definitely going to be our best year what what is a thing inspiring you whether it's about the activity around the activity that kind of like is moving you every step of the way um i would say you know it's kind of two main parts that are probably you know pretty equal i mean number one is being able to present something fresh mm. to to our our colleagues you know what I mean? Trying to show them something they didn't think um, they could they could do or experience something that yeah. they, they've, they've never experienced, and and also to like challenge kind of what the expectations are of the activity. Yeah. Um, you know, when we did you know wrapping in 2019, that was something that just kind of sent ripples throughout. I was like, whoa, what? You can do rapping? You can rap? You can be cool? You can be cool? What is this? <laughs> and and just kind of creating that buzz yeah. is is what I find really exciting about WGI. Um, and then the other, you know, the second half of it is like, you know, as a performer, like again, I never marched uh, WGI, yeah. but I know you know, what it's like to be in the pageantry arts and perform. And like, I want the members to have the best fucking show that we can write. And I want them to, uh, you know, experience the excitement of the crowd. I want them to be, I want the crowd to like cheer and laugh for them and, and have that kind of, uh, you know, intimate experience that you can only really have in the pageantry i think it's i think it's different than a lot of other performing mediums yeah um so that's what i think is that's what i love about division you know i love how creative all the other designers are and like just kind of like oh man i wish i thought of that you know what i mean that's always fun and um yeah absolutely yeah and it's like i kind of wonder i don't know there's like it's not like either or and or whatever but it's like there's a lot of conversation about like we're a nonprofit like educational activity but it's like mm-hmm. you know I, I like to think of it more like what you just said where it's it's all about the performing and like this energy you put together it's almost like a team like it's like synchronized swimming or something mm-hmm. even in football it's like tight end quarterback you know receiver whatever you have like these different roles so like everyone kind of has a different perspective where it's like when you're in a marimba line it's like those five people you're like living the same life for a summer you're mm-hmm. like living the same life for an indoor season and that like does something you know what I mean and that can be good or bad because if you're in a snare line and someone's not 
on board it is like the most toxic awful thing ever because you're like trying to play like 30 second notes like clean at piano or whatever and it's like that is impossible to do if you hate each other or if there's one person who like is hated by everyone Mm -hmm. so it's like and and that kind of goes back to the collaboration part is like the whole thing is just about like how everyone can gel and work together and find some kind of like harmony between their crazy personalities because like I think we'd agree like we all would like think like oh like I would never know that these are the people I'd end up with like me and you are like career partners doing this or like Travis or whomever Alex Klutz or whomever like you and Klutz are about as different as it gets but actually that gives you like this amazing balance because Mm -hmm. he's like type a he's like super aggressive and you're like not like that but then it's like you need him and he needs you you know what I mean? We need each other. You need each other. But I love that. It's like Travis is kind of like the, he likes to do what he does. And he has a, a very specific like entry point. And I have my own. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's funny because people will be like, you guys are just like an echo chamber. But like, if you know me and Travis, it's like literally not that at all. Yeah. But sometimes it is. Sometimes it's like, oh, yeah, dude, like you're completely right. But we also like, you know, we're all on like this weird scale. Like, for example, like you're definitely that person who's like, all right, if we could get like a thousand foot crane and like get like 10,000 pounds of confetti and like drop it on the release of the show. Like, how do we do that? And then Travis is like, you know, this is what the budget is. Yeah. And then like, I'm somewhere in between. We have this like cool scale. But I love that because you never think about like project management or like from a creative aspect it's so different to do you know what I mean so it's always fun to like you have to like learn people's personalities it's like you know I always work with graphic designers right Mm -hmm. where you're always a sound sound designer graphic designer is not people that always like plug in but it's like interesting you see everyone like takes things differently like working with a graphic designer working with like a sound designer is like so different you know what I mean every team is different yeah you know, I've worked with a lot of different design teams and, you know, trying to find the right process is, it, it's, it's awesome. actually kind of hard, you know what I mean? And sometimes like, you know, I may suggest certain process or something like that. And that's new, like, oh, why would the sound design go first? That's kind of, we're not used to doing it that way. Right. Or, you know, and so maybe sometimes that works. Sometimes it doesn't work for a certain design team and that's fine. Like there. I don't, I don't like to just say like, okay, this way is always the right way because that's not true. There's a lot of ways to do this and there's a lot of right ways to do it. Um, you know, I think the process we have at GMU is sometimes I always think like, oh, this is really easy because just because like we'll be presenting ideas and like how quickly we kind of get on the same page yeah. about what that is. Like, yeah, like, do we have disagreements about like ideas? Yes. Or like, like, yes. But yeah, in terms of like how it eventually gets quickly resolved and like, oh, we're we're on the same train pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, you know, that's totally it's easy to take uh take that for granted. Um and it's you know partly why I you know, just love the process. We're just slugging it, we're just slugging it yeah. out. It is fun. I actually have a lot of fun, like when we like our meetings feel different than other meetings. And I actually it's been it's been fun because like when we meet, it's like we hang out for two hours. Even over Zoom, I feel like our meetings are very like fun and chill. And, and it's like people really contribute, like everyone talks. And like it's, I, I really, and, and we've gotten to that over time because I have been as cognizant as possible about sort of like 
hey like what do you think what do you think right. like having to be that person like the coordination aspect so it's like everyone kind of says their piece and everyone has like their perspective and that comes from forcing people to do that like I do feel like sometimes I am in my intro English class teaching where it's like all right let's do the icebreaker like, let's do this whatever mm-hmm. and I'm trying to bring that to like the hurricanes for example because I feel like that is where success will come from is when everyone is just like looks forward to them like usually you have meetings you're like we have a design meeting oh it's like if we can look forward to it we just come to it with like a different vibe like I just feel like we can be more fluid and it's not like well you're the sound designer so every single comment you give is about sound design like that is not a product like we all have brains and we have a lot going on we all have like so much in there it's like I want Ivan to talk to us about like these events you know he has had so many good ideas that we've used which is super Mm -hmm. great um so it's like that being said you know to segue into kind of where things are at even now and like why we wanted to record this podcast you know i've been begging you to get on here for a couple years finally can do it is like you're now back in the cadets cadets like you've done c2 you taught the cadets you were the only front ensemble ranger with ian moyer in 2014 but like you were like the guy at cwp now you're back cadets where you march which is crazy Mm -hmm. so it's like what going into this it's like what where's your mindset at like what are you looking to do with this new team with lee bettis um, with some of the other people that haven't been announced, I'm not going to like announce them on here, um, but kind of going into this new territory, because with Crown, you were you were the sound designer and you definitely wrote a bunch of the keyboard stuff, like the intro, part four, like a lot of that was your stuff. Mm-hmm. You're the guy now. There's no Jim Ancona. There's no Ian Moyer. Like, this is it, right? Which mm-hmm. dope. So it's like, what are you looking to do in the DCI realm? Like, is this a continuation of what you've been doing and learning? Are you trying to like take a different approach, knowing that there's like a very specific identity of the core? Just like talk about like, all right, you're the front guy of the cadets now. What's the deal? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, obviously I'm, it's a huge privilege to kind of to have. And it's, uh, you know, there's definitely, I feel the weight of all the people before me, you know, I mean, uh, you know, Ian Moyer, I, when I march cadets, he was the one that was writing, and I have a you know a lot of respect for for him and what he's done with the cadets and the cadets brand and and now Boston and now Boston. So you know I I am feeling uh, you know excitement and I'm feeling you know uh, a lot of pride that I get to imprint myself into the history of the cadets. Uh, and even more even more than i already have so you're at c2 cwp yeah you talk cadets now you're back but you literally how many people have been through every organization they had not including the guard because that was like a one and done there's like not that many people that did every single one right now tony teleki mariah graham connor connor mulford um dom dom did dom yes. march cadets he did. Um, anyway, y'all could comment on this if you were a part of the, I don't think there's even like a name for that, but I know they hype that. Like if you're in, uh, not Alex Musliner, not Pat McHale, there's only a few people, but you're part of like every single thing, which yeah. is nuts. Yeah. So crazy. Um, so where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? Where do we go? Where do we go? So when we look at kind of what you're doing now you look back at where you've gone it's like I don't know it's like where where do you see the future of the activity headed like do you feel like we're there do you feel like 
if you could craft the future of it, which you can, which you are, what do we need? You know what I mean? Because something I'm always talking about, which you already know, is like, we're not cool enough to have like fans from like outside, mm -hmm. right? We are constantly trying to grow, but also the way that we write and judge is a little bit of like an insulating echo effect, right? So it's like, where is this headed? Do you see us expanding? Do you see us shrinking? Like what, in your vision for the future of activity, like what would you like to see? I guess is what I'm asking. Um, I mean, that's a pretty big question. <laughs> Spitball. You know, I think, you know, I, I would say like my vision for like what, you know, what the activity is going or something like that. I'm probably thinking more like, uh, like a bit smaller, like in terms of like, what do I want for the cadets? Because I think, um, you know, because I think what the activity is, is, uh, is kind of different from what each individual core is, you know what I mean? And I would say like, sure, you know, for the cadets, like, I think I do have like, you know, everyone has an idea of like the cadets and what that means and yeah. and you know and, it, and it's about the you know the the consistent excellence the you know actually we were on a call with the you know jay bocook and we were talking about the brand of the cadets mm -hmm. and i love this because like jay bocook was like you know what i and i've been here a while obviously we all know jay bocook legend he's been here a while he's been here a while. and yes. and what was so great was that he was he said to us like you know what the brand of the cadets is that they're badass and i got so giddy with that because i thought about why i wanted to be in the cadets and when i saw like 2005 and um and how that drew me and you know 2000 cadets and so you know in terms of the activity like i want it to be badass i don't know what that's different for everybody and yeah what that means but um i think as long as we focus on the excellence of the performers then that is the best direction for for dci and i, I know there's a lot of like economic factors and like okay well should touring be longer it should be shorter should the members be paid or you know there's a lot of different avenues that the future of dci could go but i think as long as it's still about the members performing the most badass thing uh that mm -hmm. can be given to them and they're pushing the limits like that is where i think the success of dci is going to be so it's crazy because in this little world like anyone would look at two drum lines and be like that's the same shit mm -hmm. right but i remember uh, interviewing Mike Jackson, for example, and he's like, "Yeah, I write things that aren't meant to be clean, that mm -hmm. can't be cleaned." Mm -hmm. And then you have Tom Hannum's like, "Only thing that matters is that it's vertically aligned." Mm -hmm. And there's like drastically different philosophies that are out there, like back to back. And it's like, I I do feel that we have shifted away from straight up like uniformity, cleanliness, alignment, uh, technique, things like that, and gone into like theater emotion emo uh intellectual depth you know asking questions and presenting something a little more like ambiguous and it's like i don't know i do sometimes but feel i like, like that too same like, yes it's like again like it's like is someone gonna feel excited performing this 
like it can be intellectual it can be weird it can be out there whatever right it's just like is it going to be fun to experience and is it going to be fun to perform that's all you know what i mean like i i sometimes with like you know with the, the buccaneers like they'll see me as like someone who just throws out the craziest ideas i'm like sending them music that's like how can this be arranged for drum corps you're crazy um you know but like you know and, and maybe that is a part of me where i just kind of like to be weird just to kind of get conversations going yeah but like at the end of the day like i i only do that to kind of just spur ideas to challenge our current ideas of what can or can't be done in the activity right. but it's always with the goal of is this something that a performer would just like love doing? Is this something an audience member would just be like, have their mind blown listening to it? You know, and like, that's, so I'm, I'm all for intellectual stuff, I'm all for the emotional. And obviously performers love being clean. You know what I mean? And obviously we, you know, you know, audiences like to listen to clean beats. Right. You know? And that's kind of where it comes from. Like you can think intellectually about you know the meaning of the music or whatever but like when it comes down to like it needs to be enjoyed from both the performer and the audience and like that's always what i want i want people to have an emotion when they experience it, it could just be like you know wh whatever emotion it is except for hate i don't want them to hate it but Correct. every other emotion fear surprise laughter not, know, cr awe, not cringing or not cringing yeah yeah uh you know unless no but welcome you know, to the cringe <laughs> da -da, da -da. but so yeah i mean again like i i i guess i'm i'm very emotionally driven that's yeah. just kind of how it's just the kind of person that i am and you know i'm sensitive to those kinds of things you know but my experience in, in drum corps wasn't always super smooth you know what i mean like um i wasn't like an all-star you know person when i marked right um but i've taken that to focus on what i think performers want and what they need mm. and you know i never want a performer to kind of say like oh well i didn't like the music i performed or you know i was embarrassed to perform it or something like that right um i definitely don't want to ever have that happen so that's where a lot of my crazy ideas come from like just challenging the performers and yeah. It's interesting because, you know, a lot of people would go see like, okay, I'm gonna go see Metallica. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people are just like, oh, I love Metallica. Blah, right. And then like music people are like, the guitar is flat. Like the drums aren't tuned right. Like Lars Ulrich sucks. Like mm -hmm. we're kind of in this space where it's like, there's like the entertainment aspect, but it's almost like we're analytical. That's why, like, all band people love Snarky Puppy. Snarky Puppy's a clean band. They're, like, mm -hmm. a musician's music. Where it's, like, all these layers, all this nuance. You have to, like, understand, like, these crazy time signatures. But they're so good, so it's, like, you can appreciate that. So I feel like, in a way, sometimes we try to be, like, all intellectual and try to be doing all these things, all these layers, but it's, like, not good. So then you're, it's, like, crud on top of crud. You're, like, trying to put a triplet over five-lit. And it's actually dirt like it's it's whether it's written dirt or it's just performed like shit it's like it's just interesting because we are so latched into like it, it needs to be good and the average person is like mm -hmm. they want to just get like their brains blown out with the sub bass mm -hmm. right and they just want to see like james hetfield like you know strut around so it's like there's like almost like a different 
entertainment aspect to what we do than if you went and saw a rock band for mm-hmm. example which is like really interesting and i think it is part of like this moment that we are in currently and, and maybe i've always been in, in the marching arts where it's like we want more fans but we don't want to lose the essence of what we do which is like the militaristic uniformity cleanliness and alignment mm-hmm. and it's always like finding that like perfect bullseye or like trying to find it um and and sometimes people go far off in, in one direction or another and i want to also bring up oh guster they probably can't hear it but we'll let him bark gus hey come in here crazy boy <laughs> um oh the other part I wanted to bring up was um, about you were like, I wasn't the best member because I literally like, you know, I marched five years at Hurricanes. Um, and, you know, for anyone who's been like a multi-year vet, like you just get to a place where you like, there's a good expectation of like what is going to happen. And you can kind of like feel that ahead of time, sort of like we were talking about experiencing like being on a design team. But then like, you know, I went to Cavaliers in, in 2010 and they literally like, I like didn't get it at all you know they're like you're scum you're not a cavalier Mm -hmm. you know and there was people I was between two vets and the Mm -hmm. dude outside of me he's a friend but I was better than him it's all good Mm -hmm. you know what I mean and I was definitely on the level with some of the vets and I was like how is it that you are considered this it was like super hierarchical like even more than the cadets is for Mm -hmm. example you're like not even a cavalier until you're a second year member unless you're a a rook out so they like had a meeting about me. They're like, what are we going to do about this guy? And like, they were stepping on my feet in the drill. And I was like, so is this like protocol to like just run people over in the drill? They're like, yes, it is. Go to your dot. Your step size is too small. I was like, mm. oh, damn. Like, so I was definitely like super disruptive in that way. And then the second year, they're like, we're thinking about having you be section leader. And right. then I was, and we won and whatever. Um, but like, I found that like, some people and not everyone but some people who are like disruptive members are like good leaders and it's like a really weird thing you know what i mean like i feel like for you and your seat now like you're not necessarily like i'm gonna just go with the flow you're like question things you're you're posing new ideas you're like not settling on something just to be like agreeable and that is actually making you a better leader because you're like pushing everyone around you do you feel like that is kind of what your experience was when you were like marching versus teaching now now the things that like made you a bad member were like Ian Moyer it's like Monty is a headache now he's like oh you are writing and competing with him you know what I'm saying do you feel like that transfers or is it like you had to like snap into like a different situation I mean yeah I mean obviously like I said like all the experiences I've had have helped shape the kind of educator ranger and designer that I am sure so you know I think you know my my first year at, at the cadets like you know you know it wasn't like a bad year or anything like that you know what i mean but well 2010 for the cadets was it, it was rough for everyone yeah, yeah yes this is a rough year from a design right. standpoint you had opinions about what you were playing you had opinions about i was the still, vets around you i mean yeah right i would say like i'm i was probably just cr- trying to figure out like what it meant to actually be in a the top world-class core, a core that I had wanted to be in for a long time. It's a lot more, di- it's it's you know, different once you're in it. You're right. Like, oh, like ever shit. since 2005, I haven't heard drum corps before. I wanted to be in the cadets. Yeah. I'm in the cadets and I'm learning about what it means to be in the cadets. You know what I mean? Yeah. And 
Um, you know, that made me kind of like, you know, not follow the ensemble protocol and, uh, you know, obviously, you know, maybe I rubbed people the wrong way that I shouldn't have. Um, but then kind of like in your situation, like the following year, like, you know, learning from that, like trying to be, you know, a better cadet, you know, that's always what the, uh, you know, the mantra is, you know what I mean? Their values. Yes. And, and so I, there was a growing period there. And like, I think now what that means for me is like, I wasn't perfect and I can help educate relate to people who aren't perfect themselves probably a lot better yeah um you know when i was teaching c2 you know there was uh, at the time there was like a lot of uh maybe just like subtle hints that okay c2 isn't really the cadets and you know what i mean like oh you're it's literally called c2 yeah it's but the like, second one exactly yeah but it was just like you know you're not real cadets kind of thing you know what i mean and i just I really hated that kind of view because yeah. these members, like, they work just as hard, you know, as the regular normal cadets. Whatever. It's harder to get good in DCA than it is DCI. And I said this when I made Cavalier. Good in the weekends. DCI is so easy. Like, mm -hmm. if you can't get good 90 days in a row, you're like not meant to do this, not to be abrupt, but it's like, yo, like 90 days, 12 hours a day that you're like putting in the hours. Yeah. If you're in C2 and they're like achieving any level of cleanliness, it's like, yeah, it takes way more mental fortitude for that. So I agree. And a lot of people like shit on DCA because they like don't really know what we do. Right. And, and so I, so I, I wanted to make sure that the members like understood that, like, you know, because they, they kind of felt it too, just from outside sources, like, oh, we're we really the cadets, and like, I would get emotional on talking about, like, yes, you are, you know what I mean, like, you guys are working harder than, you know, than I even did, you know what I mean, when I was there, and so I, I again, like, this, this whole connection between, you know, how I was, and how I am now, you know, I am always thinking about it from the other person's perspective mm. all the time, you know, too much, Maybe too much. I mean, yeah, I mean, maybe. Like, I'm always thinking about, like, you know, okay, what? how is the performer going to feel and look when they perform this part that I'm going to write? You know, what is the audience member going to feel? What is, what are you going to feel yeah. when I present it to you? You know what I mean? Sure. Like, um, you know, but that has so far always been, I'm not going to say always successful, but pretty successful when I don't just consider my own ego for what I want things to be or whatever and um my my style is I don't my style is ever changing the style is that it always changes I don't like I have enough even right now I'm like working with new people and at you know at, at the cadets um and and even at GMU we hired some brand new staff and like they're bringing in new ideas and I'm not just set on a way of like oh this is how I've always done it right like I want there to always be new voices that are influencing me, the design, how we teach. And um, I, I never think of that I'm ever doing this on my own. I always have the best people around me, like supporting and offering their criticism and thoughts. And, you know, collaboration is my, it's my biggest thing. I don't think 
people can be successful doing it on their own. One, I think there's too many moving parts. I, I feel like some people want to be so front and center with it all. And it's like, first of all, the members are front and center. That's who is playing. That's who, you know, when the kids are in the lot watching you, they're not like behind the drum line watching the person clicking. They're like, mm-hmm. it's, they're like watching the drum line. It's like, get the fuck out of there. You know what I mean? I think some people, they get caught up in, wanting to stay like in the, in the limelight because it feels good to be a performer. It feels good to like, you know, be part of the essence of the engine of the thing. And then you get caught up in that, but it's like, this is a team. It's very collaborative. This is like part of what I do like about what we do is like, it is almost like being on a team, not necessarily like a, a basketball team, but maybe more like we're on like a, a skate team together, all sponsored by the same company. And then we like tour together and we kind of we, we work together, but we're not necessarily all doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not necessarily like calling plays, but we have to collaborate and put something together that comes across. Like, you can always tell in a design when it's like, oh yeah, you can tell like the, the design coordinator and the, and the drill designer, they're not communicating with the music designers. Like it's just like music and it's like drill. And it's like, you can feel like the schisms in the team when you look at any given product. Like, you know, when I was talking to, Scott Chandler and him just explaining the process. I was like, yeah, you know, like I definitely know that. Like I didn't know that, but I know that because mm-hmm. you look at devs and you're like, that's a team where not a person on that design team is afraid to say something to someone else. The drill guy to the drum guy, the drum guy, we need this many more counts. We need the secondary. Like you can tell that there's like that collaboration and it, I don't know. It's like, you have to get out of your own way in these instances, because if you're just like, I need to make sure that like everyone knows that like I did it. I wrote as many notes as possible. Now I, as much of me is in the show as possible. Like, I think we've always been good about like the right idea is the best idea, yeah. not my idea. Mm-hmm. Cause sometimes I look at the shows at the end and it's like, I don't even know who did what, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And it's especially like now, like I feel like more than ever, like how Travis and I work across, like not only like the battery music, but also like what they're doing visually. And then like with what you do and that trickles from like Sam, now Anthony, shout out Tony, friend of the show, Tony Gilliland it's like very collaborative and like you shouldn't be able to tell like who is doing what mm-hmm. you know what I mean I think we've always been good about just like who cares like who thought of it like okay I want there to be beat boops from say you will like I need that to be in the thing you're like all right we're gonna do it and like that part was hot it was like I remember that but it was it was just like you were down to roll with it you're like oh that's dumb we need to do like triple laterals and do this, blah, blah, blah. it was like no. so it's like that's that's cool I love those moments where it's like you know, or like you've literally suggested like tons of effect ideas in these shows where it's like the front ensemble guy, you don't know what that it's like you watch movies, like you have a like that's the thing is you get to draw on like, you know, when we talk about what we're inspired by, it's like we don't even know. Right. Right. You're like you you were engaging in like these like like a video game, like Zero Horizon Dawn, where it's like, look at this, like look at this, this thing. We're like, okay, let's like take this or whatever. Right. And then I'm coming from like a completely different place what i like and then it's like okay we're all headed like we're in like different compartments but like it's the but same the track that it always just comes together at the end is kind of miraculous the way that you're talking about yeah. it being so different and yet it's just like it is and yet i feel like <laughs> I, I feel like i agree with like 99 percent of the ideas you have well i've now like gotten you on my side oh, so okay. it's, been like okay. <laughs> it's been like a multi-year process we're kind of on the same page really quick we are though no we are and i think it comes down to like we have to have the same values like i think the values are like let's play in time or if we're not let's agree let's like 
be musical. Let's like let the kids like there are some really fundamental things that I think we the three of us specifically have always been on the same side about Travis being the third. We're like, we don't talk about that anymore. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like, maybe like, I think this year now that you're back in like the manager role and I'm like doing more teaching with the drum line and like getting in there, like we're kind of able to get back into that place. Cause I do think when we were talking about like, what's the difference between like now versus back then, mm-hmm. like we were the ones in front of the members all the time. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you're writing or like I'm doing choreo or Travis is writing or whatever. And it's like, we're the ones teaching. And I, I've, I got like sad when it was like, okay, you're like a higher mind now, like go up in the stands and like everyone down there is like, look at Dan, he has a mic and like Andrew has a microphone. It's like, I wish I was down there like teaching snare line sometimes because mm-hmm. you get like distance from it. And I want to like, I don't know. I feel like maybe this year is all about us like re-engaging with like that first level of like, how do we play? Like, mm-hmm. what is our like essence as a group? Like when we bring the mallets up to play or like when we mark time, like I feel like I've backed away from that. And I want to like, those are the things we talk about the cadets or we talk about the values we brought to the groups that we've been to it's like how you're doing what you're doing right because there is always the what of like what you write or like choreo or battery beats but it's also like the mounts need to come up together like if you're telling me you don't care about mounts up like we're not on the same page like i know that you do right i know that we care about the mark time and it's like that's not everyone some people are like some highfalutin this that up in the clouds whatever and it's like okay like that's great for that but like i think we all kind of we just know what we what we want out of it you know what I mean so um it will certainly be interesting this year talk a little bit about uh about GMU's pit because right now it's Friday the 21st our last audition is on the 23rd which is Sunday this is going to release early next week which is great but like just talk about the outlook right now with GMU's pit because I feel like that is notable yeah I mean we we had a lot of really great talent this year come out um i think this may be like the most number of dci people that have come out and uh and so that's really you know big you know when i came in at 19 um it was still uh, you know growing you know what yeah. i mean uh and it's nice that now that there's you know a little bit more rapport with the group as the as time has gone on and they've, they've gotten higher in the placements <laughs> um that it's bringing, you know, members that want to experience what, what we're doing at GMU. Like, a lot of cadets keyboard players before you even signed on with cadets, which yeah. is like cool. It's kind of like a weird mm-hmm. thing. I can't imagine as a member trying to decide where to go with so much staff shakeover. Like between 22 and 23, like I can't remember a single year this many percussion teams changed yeah so like i think about you know some of the dudes like judah or peter peter hill or like some of these guys that were at crown last year obviously the team changed and now we're kind of all doing our own thing or going separate directions it's like i just can't imagine trying to like decide where to go you know what i mean yeah i mean i again like i had a similar experience too like you know when i i remember in 2010 after that season was done I got a call from Neil Larry. He's like, hey, you know, I'm going to the Blue Stars. Why don't you come over? And I was like, well, I kind of want to stay at the cadets. Um, and you so marched Blue Stars first. I did march Blue Stars. Oh, he's trying to make you come back. Yeah. Oh, he wished. Yeah. He and wished. I forget if it was, I forget if it was in 2009 going in 2010. I think that was, 
where he was trying to make me stay to go. I see. I yeah, see. Yeah. You were you were about to go to cadets, and he was like, "I want you to like stay at Blue Star. Like, I'm going to be there." Yeah, yeah, that makes more sense. I was like, "Damn, he's about to try to take you from the cadets. That'd be nuts. Right. Not unheard of at all." Right. And I and I think for me, like the impression is that like you know, uh, you know, a group is more than just what single person is there i mean sometimes it is like you know there's a lot of rapport with you know other people and i think you know at least with you know the cadets and, and gmu kind of have an atmosphere about them that is attractive that's more than just what single person is there designing yeah um so yeah i agree i'm really excited about cadets like i just feel like I totally get what it's supposed to be like I'm I'm with you so hard like the first shows I ever saw was like you know uh Millennium like 2000 show where they mm. tied for first with Cavaliers um didn't win drums though that year Cavaliers won percussion Niagara Falls um or 2005 like you said or 97 or 98 99 like just these powerhouse years of cadets um 2007 um what is that called uh it's the but i believe i will or whatever it's called this yeah. i believe this i believe sick drum corps though mm -hmm. and that's where like it was interesting because their design was people were really mad about how much talking was in that mm -hmm. and then the whole activity was like heavily in narration and then we went like back to like lyrics or not back to it but like turned to like singing and lyrics mm -hmm. but like that drum corps is a perfect example of like or even like the 2005 was like innovation tradition like we were talking about that a couple of weeks ago it was like super innovative design with like the zone right the zone part two where it's like what is this like an acid trip right but then it's like that drum corps won every caption one of the only drum corps ever to do that so like you can do that if i could capture what i want out of what we do mm -hmm. it would be like it's the most innovative design and it's like super clean and badass. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like that 2005 show, like pull it up right now. Like it would stand up now. Like yes. they were disgusting. Yes. And they played like, I don't know about the pit, but I feel like the music at least was really cool. I don't know about the pit writing. I know Neil was still there, but. Oh yeah, no, it was great. It was, great. It was insane. But I, you know, like that is what what i'd hope for for you guys that's what i would hope even for gmu because like we are an east coast team there's very few east coast teams left like i feel like we're like keeping something alive you know mm -hmm. boston the way they play definitely but they're in florida like they're really down there so like they don't necessarily like pull i know they have like a umass connection whatever and now we're like building out our corner in northern virginia and building that whole area over the yeah. last seven years united is obviously a couple hours north of us doing their thing and then the cadets and they've like you know it's just been this like thing that's sort of like a little bit dynamic and it's like okay yo let's like let's like put our foot down and be like yo we are back like east coast drum corps because yeah. like the west coast has been so dominant in indoor and there's so many reasons for that like mission viejo goes back like 1998 like yeah. that's mike jackson where he got started with roger roger went to mission viejo i believe mm -hmm he's og we don't know that um ian and john started at pacifica high school if you remember like pacifica high school like 06 07 have you ever seen any of those videos yeah of it disgusting and you'd be like oh like these guys just popped up like no they're literally like decades in mm -hmm. and we're like trying to catch up to it and like you were saying like that experience accumulates so like ian writes something he's like this is gonna work i know how this sounds in the arena he's watched his groups in the arena twice as much as some of the other of us and that like that's something you, what can you you can't like yeah. supplement that 
how do you yeah. supplement that yeah. but i am very excited because it's like all right like cadets like yo let's bring it back let's like see that thing that you're talking about with the identity is like mm-hmm. what does it mean to be the cadets like i don't necessarily think that you should need to walk in porta potties and twos i'm just gonna throw that out because we would clown you guys because we would like be watching you guys like walk in your bibbers to go like to go poopy mm-hmm. but like you know what like it, it can work like how can you deny that when you get it like 2011 where you it's guys an are, it's an it is it is but it's like you know i remember um <laughs> one year um this is like a perfect example of like different styles in 2012 at rhythm x uh we were at the indie regional i was in the snare line and we just like rhythm x and mystique used to have beef i don't really think that's true anymore someone can correct me from rhythm x tim fairbanks can like text me right now you know this isn't live but like back then it was like way more heavy and they were like a little bit more back and and forth and broken city wasn't out and pulse was just on the come up but mystique and rhythm x had like real beef Mm -hmm. and we were like in the lot we didn't have a tech like we're alone and we're like playing like legatos like whatever's like hanging out and we see like mystique like walk by and they're like in twos like super straight legs like and they're like at a high school like in this like crazy tribal uniform it was new tribe and we're like playing legatos and like someone like ticks it was just like da, 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 da. and like literally we're just like we like look around and then we're just like <gasps> we just play whatever we want we literally explode <laughs> and they're just laughing and like our competitors are just walking down and it's like if a group i did did that now i would be livid but at the time, it was so funny. I love that story so much. It was like a perfect representation of like X and Mystique's culture right. in, in that moment. So, you know, Mystique is like cadets indoor in a way. Mm-hmm. Not cadets winter percussion. Oh, yeah. But like yeah. indoor cadets okay. vibe. Like very much about like rehearsal etiquette and things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's why they're, they train their members so well. Right. Shout out Dean Johnson. Shout out Dean. Angelo Outlaw. Who else is there? I think that's it. I don't even know. I was texting Dean today. I sent him some uh, some Crocs to buy. Uh-huh. Is he doing cadets? He's not. He's not? Come on, Dean. I'm going to send this to him. Like, Dean, we're putting you on blast. Dean Johnson, what an amazing educator. A sweet guy. Yes. I love his. Very talented. He's very talented. He's very good. And he knows how to make the vibe he knows how to do the things yeah he does so i'll miss him if he doesn't but i understand he probably is trying to just chill for a year but you'll be able to bring back he's pretty busy he's a busy guy i know he roasts beans he's dean in the beanstalk he's (laughs) bean johnson i can't do it i can't believe i haven't thought of that bean i could literally have been calling him bean this whole time i'll text him when we get off that's really good that's good so many puns anyway this has been a blast it's weird to interview you because we hang out all the time it's very weird but it was great i'm glad to get you out there we're going to put you on blast everyone has to know who you are now great the genius behind deconstructed fringe outlaw uh what other shows have we done (laughs) uh what's 2016 called Mem- uh no not memory archive dream electric, dream electric. copy of uh freaking reading buccaneers 2022 don't know what your guys show is called what's it called again what's the name of your show altered ego altered ego i remember you told me that early last year yeah now we have to compete against each other at dca 
Well, we were we were already competing. How can this be? It's not right. We're meant. We're supposed to be on the same team. Sorry, it's a little bit of com- competition's good. I know. I don't know if Hurricanes are gonna go World or Open. I think if you are over eighty-five members, you have to be World. Mm. I have not decided yet. I'm kind of like, right. I don't know for any Hurricanes people listening. We don't know what we're doing yet. So, um, but it actually is fun to like hang and just be like, oh, how's it over there? How's it? It's like healthy. I feel like if we were like all year round, yeah, we might all kill each other. It's like good to like. Just, no, it's good that we have our own, you know. Yeah. Little corners. It is little summer corners. It is good. Yeah, and it's fun to work with other people and like kind of learn. Like you kind of learn like. Okay, like you don't really know what it's like to work with like a front arranger, sound designer until you like work with a different one. Right. Like you're like, oh, Dan is like the program coordinator everywhere. Like this is what it's like. And then you go somewhere else, you're like, oh, that's just what we do over there. Like we worked together at CDP for three years. We did. You had your adventures with your other arrangers. Oh, an adventure it was. And then where did you end up? We came right, we came home. Right back to we, me. we came home. You did. You you were just sitting there just like, <laughs> well, the sound design for United 1718 was pretty fire. Those yeah. were two two very good years for for that team. Um, and yeah, we it was no, it was good. And like, I mean, you already know, like CWP was literally like the most like it's funny because we like oh we you know it's kind of like a cult classic like people who know really know and like those shows like I remember Mike Jackson he doesn't have an Instagram anymore but like a couple of years ago he like literally just posted a picture of his fridge and he's like deconstructed one of my favorite shows ever yeah mike jackson was like dude that's that is nuts crazy um but it was like at the time we were literally just like what i feel like it was going a million miles an hour right yeah i just remember we were at daniel boone it was super cold out people were getting fired left and right (laughs) mid-season and we were just like are we gonna like fold like we literally did it writing the opener oh rewriting our second movement like five times yeah, that was the the single key one in in 2015. The doom, boom, boom, and it ended up being great. That's probably one of our better movement twos. The movement two curse. Nah, because every time we see Rich Hammond going to loop back, he's like, "Oh, you guys, movement two, blah blah blah." It's like, well, okay, go back to your throne, judge. <laughs> We're like on this text thread, him, me, and Travis and Dante have a text thread, and yeah. he's always just like talking that shit, and we're just like, put us on. What's up, bro? And he's like, well, he like, you know, he likes to give us a hard time. He's our like East Coast downtown uncle. Yes. But you know what? His He was a hard ass, but like his ear, I feel like really it was good. Like, I feel like he was an amazing ear for you. I feel like he, his big picture thing, like, I mean, he also like went to school with like Aaliyah and Tupac in Maryland. Did you know that? I know. He went to a performing arts high school with Tupac and Aaliyah. They both went there. I'm not remembering what the name was, but it's a famous performing arts school. Um, so he knows what's up. And I wish, I mean, we, oh, we, yeah. we asked him to come on board at Mason and he was going to be a design consultant. And then he ended up judging and he had to bail. Right. This is Guster's second appearance on the podcast. Did you see the Scott Chandler one with his Boston I, Terriers? Yeah, he had two of them. Me and Scott Chandler maybe have more in common than you think. I would, I wish. He's so much more like, uh, <laughs> he's so much more like refined. Yeah. He's like a very refined dude. I'm like, well, in some ways, maybe. In some ways, you're refined too. In some ways, but I'm also like, a trashy person, I'm junkie. Well, that's why we love you. 
Oh, thanks. Me and Gus are very similar. More similar than me and Scott Chandler. And with that, everyone, let's say peace out. Let's thank Andrew Montero for jumping on here. And I'll see you next time. All right. Thanks, Mark. Thank you. Thanks, everyone.